create this situation, I'm dealing with it. You're acting like a first-year fucking thief. I'm acting like a professional. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. This is Slob Cinema. We're here to talk about all the movies that maybe you've forgotten over the past. Maybe you feel like they don't get the recognition they deserve. Maybe they're just shitty movies. Either way, we're here to talk about them, discuss them, give you all the little tidbits, and run through them down like the intellectuals we truly are. So let me introduce Omar to tell us the basic plot of 1983's Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp is a 1983 American slasher film written and directed by Robert Hiltzik, who also served as executive producer. The film tells the story of a young girl and her cousin who are sent to a summer camp, where a group of killings begins shortly after their arrival. It stars Felicia Rose, Jonathan Tierston, Christopher Collette, Karen Fields, and Mike Kellen in his last screen appearance. That's the old guy. <laughs> Some quick trivia about Sleepaway Camp here. The <laughs> film cost a meager $350,000. It made 11 million. Jeez. So this was a this was a smash fucking hit. Is this is that just box office? That's just box that's just US box office. Wow. And how long after was this after uh Friday the 13th? Well, Friday the 13th was 82. 80. No, 80? 80. Okay. So this is 3 years after three this years. is this is right you know 80 to 84 is like peak slasher yeah. year. So it's actually kind of at the tail end. Plus. Perfect rip-off territory right there. 3 years within yeah, like, release. Yeah, like enough time to just be like, I'll go back to a camp. Yep. <laughs> uh the body count of this film was 13. Okay. A shot of a dead Judy was cut by the MPAA for being too graphic. James Earl Jones' dad, Robert, plays the assistant chef in this film. Robert Earl Jones? Yep. His middle name was Earl, too? Yeah, they passed the Earl. <laughs> so, like, he was like, Earl's important, not the first name, okay. but Earl. So, so he was Dark Plagueis? Yeah. Okay. Dark Sidious. Oh, Dark Sidious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the special makeup effects man was Ed French, his real name. Ed uh, French, Ed, Ed French did a great job. He made the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, without his effects, I mean, this be a pretty boring movie, honestly. Was the penis real? The penis, yes, the, the penis, penis was, was real. real. The penis yeah. was a dude. Great. Um, some other credits from Ed French include Amityville 2, The Possession, Chud, The Stuff, Blood Rage, and also, Eddie will like this one. He was on the crew for makeup effects for Terminator 2. There nice. you go. That's what See, I thought Ed French was just like a, a humble guy. And I was just like, oh, he made that that penis rather small just for us little guys out there in the world. Well, like, they, they I guess originally not. Wanted, or just ungroomed guys. <laughs> yeah, they originally wanted Felicia, the actress who played Angela, to just put on a strap-on. Oh. Because... But she was 13, and her mother obviously said no. Her mom no, was like, yeah, that's... I'm not going to put a strap-on penis on my 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, they end up dr getting a guy really yeah. drunk. And... and really the last bit, this had to do some digging. I, I... <laughs> uh, Mike, the situation from the world-famous Jersey Shore came out with some bullshit TV series, and for some reason, I was looking at that today, saw the name Frank Sorrentino, 
clicked his profile on IMDb, and what he's known for is his his role as young Ricky in this film. So Mike the Situation's brother is in Sleepaway Camp. Young Ricky, what does that mean? Like when they do like the flashback to like Richard and what the what the mom eventually calls Angela together. When is that? I'm sorry. I don't remember. I think Ricky Ricky. is young the whole time. Yeah, I don't think he has a younger form. Mm -hmm. Wasn't... No, that was Because the aunt's like, you'll make a great pairing with Richard when he comes home. That's Peter, then. Mm -hmm. Because Peter is Angela. Peter is Angela. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there's also a Richard. Dude, there's no little Ricky. Little Ricky? (laughs) Little Richard. Also meaning dick. Dude, Peter means this. What's the source from? Richard from also. IMDb. I can't. Okay, listen. Richard also means dick. Also. Yeah, or just you shortened form of Richard is dick. Dick does mean dick. Yeah. So okay. that's the whole theme. So of we've today. come full circle here. Exactly. Omar made us sausages for dinner. Yeah, I, we I, had brats and wieners. Threw some, threw some brats and wieners and on the corn grill. on the cob. A lot they, of phallic imagery going yeah, on what yeah. we ate today. Uh, shafts of meat and uh, shafts of vegetables. <laughs> We're not having popcorn today, guys. We're gonna have a shaft you gotta of eat corn. The corn on the shaft. <laughs> so that's the theme today, guys. Yeah. So, shafts. So Eddie, why don't you lead us into our introduction into the film? Yeah. Um, well, the beginning actually, I this clicked in my head, but the opening scene is uh, it's obviously fall. All the trees are either orange or turning orange. And they're just scenes of the camp with um, voiceovers of kids playing in the background. I didn't realize this at first, but there's the sign at the end that says close. So this obviously takes place yeah, after this the is, movie. This is a epilogue prologue. Yes, correct. Yes, that, that's a good wording. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So then I also just wrote down Raccoon City for this because it felt like, I don't know, haunted Resident, Resident Evil. Evil type Silent shit. Hill more. Yeah, Silent, Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I guess I just thought of like, the woods and all the garbage laying around. I thought raccoons would love this camp. Oh, okay. So a natural raccoon Yeah, also city. a raccoon okay. city. I, I got a little too nerdy there. Camp, <laughs> raccoon camp, city. Camp Arawak backwards is Kawara. Which means nothing. Just so you guys know. Okay. AJ ruined this movie yet. Dude. One hour now. Uh, so the next scene is right after the credits roll and all the... Credits are going through, and they show the name Sleepaway Camp. It jumps to this, a summer scene where a man and his two children, one boy, one girl, are on their sailboat hanging out on the how, hanging on out a dinghy. Lake. Yes, on a dinghy. Because you later said they're playing on their dinghy. Yep. And we jump to three teenagers. Two are driving the boat. One is jet skiing. Not jet skiing. Uh, the driver of the boat is. What the, do we call is... this sport? Wait. Does anyone know the name of this sport? It's not jet, a sport. It's jet skiing. No, jet ski is actual jet ski. What's being pulled? Water skiing. Water skiing, yep. Oh, yeah, okay. water skiing. One's water skiing. And so the overdramatic girl, she's water She's skiing. already like terrified. Yeah, she wants them happens. to go slower for yeah. two teenagers. They're 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 taking a speedboat and she's riding in the back One, and then... one's played by Beavis. He can't lower his front lip from his front teeth. Yeah, a lot of goofy... Uh, He's like, gosh, I can't do that. I could get fired. A bunch of goofy-looking 80s teenagers, kids, funny hairdos. The girl wants to drive the boat. Make sure your dad gets me another job. Yeah, really? Oh, annoying. 
And then there's also like a like a dad and two there's, kids on like a parasailing bo uh, yep. boat or something. That's what we were just. That's the dinghy. Okay, that's and there's what it is. another okay. parent of some sort on the beach, telling the, them to come in. Whose relationship point. with the other male is mysterious for now. Yes, very mysterious, and the kids play a prank on the adult that they're on the dinghy with by all leaning on one side of the boat and the boat flipping over, and which leads to the boat being invisible basically to other boat drivers or people out on the sea. Yeah, they fell off, and then the they're sea? just... It was a lake. They're lake, just, like, sea. floating in the water. <laughs> they're just, like, floating in the water, and, the, you know, they, they don't see the the other, the speedboat and the, the skiing so going the, on. So the moral of this film is, we're not saying this, folks, but the moral of the film is, don't hand over the steering wheel to the female, because what happens is, the steering wheel is given to the female... And immediately, three people are killed or maimed. <laughs> There's a lot of sexism in this movie, uh, or just like gender type of thing. Like the yeah. dude is like turn right to avoid running over the guy, and she doesn't even attempt to turn right. She keeps right. going straight. She she actually speeds up. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. that was that was due to the fight between the boy. The boy's trying to get hold of the wheel, and he uh, tips over and puts yeah, the yeah, the accelerator down. Accelerator down. Which was super sudden, but it's like, okay, well, these three people who are, uh, they just fell over on the dinghy, they're dead. And then we have a weird cut, intercut sequence of the girl that was water skiing, mm -hmm. uh, saying, help them, help them, get an ambulance, help them. Cut to, like, things, cut back to her, help them, oh my god. I mean, it goes... They cut to her too many times. A little too many, yeah. yeah. Where it's just like, we get it. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. She was also able to see them a good mile before the boat people actually. The yeah, people they were too busy to. Yeah, they were too busy too busy arguing, footsie yeah. and arguing with each other. Yeah, and she's screaming, they're guilty! Yep. She's annoying. She's the worst character. I wish she died. Yeah. yeah. She's never seen again. Nope. Yeah. Uh, but the boat clearly runs over the the father the father's head. He's obviously dead. And then we see one child is floating. One child is floating, and then we see uh, a life preserver all torn mm -hmm. up, float to the surface. Yeah, it's sure. mostly the dad who kind of looks like he's swimming without. <laughs> yeah, swimming. he's doing like the frog. He's do, yeah, he's doing like the frog where you just let yourself cruise after taking a big stroke. Yeah, he yeah. just like floats right across the screen. There's not even any. Uh, like traces of real violence on him. Yeah, there's no blood, nothing. So I mean, nothing too obvious. We can obviously assume he's dead, but there's nothing to actually imply that he's just dead. probably a lot of head trauma. Yeah, yeah. concussion. Mm -hmm. And then from there we jump to the creepiest mother in any movie I've ever seen, mm -hmm. wearing a Donald Duck beret. Yep, she's and yelling. She she looks to be French of some sort. Possibly transgendered, or maybe, or maybe like proto hipster of some. Uh, Ooh, you know. she was ready for the time. She was yeah. ready for twenty nineteen. Yeah. Now, but she had. Now I haven't seen this movie in ten years, and, and the thing I remember the most is her. Like as soon as I saw her, I'm like, whoa! I remember you. How eccentric you are. The bright colors. Her really bright blue eyes. The dark hair. I packed you a lunch. 
I believe there's a whole bag of chips. It was almost like a old 1950s sitcom or like uh, the way she delivered her lines was intentional. It was almost or, like an old TV or show. Or like that's the way like super pronounced like mouthwise is how like she would act in a silent film. Mm-hmm. Where like, you're, yeah. Your gestures and you're talking like, talking like you're really enunciating. She almost looked like, uh, um... Uh, David Byrne's sister or something mm. from Talking Heads. I don't know. This ain't no disco. This ain't no messing around. <laughs> she looked like she was going to bust some weird dance moves yeah. or something. Yeah. But like she, uh, she's only in the movie briefly, you know, beginning and end. And then a, she makes an impact. Yeah. She does make an impact. And she's that's, arguably the real villain of the movie. Yeah, I mean, she is the sole purpose why uh, we Things have. Happen. Yeah, we have the antagonist or yeah. uh, antagonist is the bad guy, right? I always yes, get those. Correct. Protagonist is a good guy. <laughs> yeah, protagonist. Yeah. So guys, write these notes down. Protagonist, good guy. Antagonist, bad guy. And always connect. Why are you antagonizing him? That's the negative. So and and, and the, antagonist and a, and a diagonist is someone who's in the middle, somewhere in between. Yeah, kind of like uh, Darth Vader, whose dad is in this movie. Yeah, his voice is not as strong as his son's though. No, yeah. Well, they didn't give him enough lines either, probably. Also, they just had him as a like fucking weirdo. So yeah, just yeah. uh, just uh, turning turning his uh attention away from the, the, pedo- the clear pedophile in his midst <laughs> the pedophile cook all right eddie bring uh, us to the next well, scene here well before she even sends ricky and angela off she purposely goes and gets their their physical forms which she did herself because she is a doctor mm-hmm. so she plant that seed yeah some weird going on she there she purposely right away. did these physicals by herself so no one else will know she also would contradict herself a bit while talking not, or she'll question her own actions she'll say oh, here's your here's your physical because that wouldn't be too good if no one else did it yeah or, and that's almost you should thank me like, it's, it's like just, talking to a kid because you you're uh, you know you think you're getting over on them but you almost have to cover your tracks this woman yeah. has clearly suffered some sort of deep trauma at yeah. some point and is now Lucy Goose to the point that, and and, and Rick, we were kind of mentioned it during the movie. Like Ricky's pretty fucking normal, normal besides his foul mouth. Like, how I is think, he raised by this maniac? I think he's just over it. He's just like, yeah, that's my mom. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, people in this movie that you're like, you're fucked up. Something. Yeah, happens. mental illness. Something happened. Mental illness is just taken for granted. <laughs> I do, I do like the beginning of this movie though because it is. Kind of like, uh, you know, yuppies. Uh, very, I mean, even the house is very, like, uh, yeah. you could tell it's, like, uh, high high maintenance, high uh, household income type of situation. It's like, well, we're sending you to summer camp. And then some dudes are, like, rat tail mullet wearing Asia t-shirt dudes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, so like, there's that dynamic, but going back to, like, Ricky and... and the girl, what was the girl's name? Oh yeah, the house they lived in looked like a, like the McAllisters. Yeah, so that's kind of just like 
it shows like the mom and the disconnect there where it's like we're sending you here and like that happy-go-lucky front that a lot of suburban families have you know where it's just like we're we're sending you here so you can learn and meanwhile this and that. while the kids are gone they're having like a terrible divorce yeah something or something whatever mom was on to with that whole cover-up or whatever which running the we'll, lab yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we'll figure out later you know she finally sends them off to camp and that's uh all the kids are running off the bus and we get our first shot of some of the employees at the camp uh, we get to meet the chefs of the camp, the most disgusting human being in this movie. He's like... He calls them fresh chicken. You know, he calls it where, where I come from. We call them baldies. Yeah, baldies. That's... Now that's fucked up. That's yeah. Not, that, it was so like nonchalant pedophilia where it's like, ha ha, he's so funny. No, he's he so talking about genital areas on 10-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, but everyone's just, like, playing it off, you know? Well, fucking dad of Darth Vader over here is like, they're too young to even know what you're talking about. Yeah, so, <laughs> so just the whole, like, nonchalant, yeah, like, just, like, whatever. You know, he's got his weird little cherry stem, he's playing with his mouth, little mm-hmm. terrible grease stains all over his shirt. Yeah. Disgusting fucking animal. Yeah, let's get away from that scene. That's yeah. finally done. Uh, <laughs> he's he's got one of the worst uh, comeuppance. Yeah, he's also the, some of the best effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we finally find Ricky and Angela coming off the bus, and they're in. Uh, Ricky gets caught up by his best friend. Uh, Trevor. Tre- no, not is it Trevor? One second, I got this. It's not Trevor though. Let's we'll start with a J. Hmm. I'm so bad with names. Yeah, and he has a curly little white boyfriend. Yeah, he's just a little blind kid. Who, who yeah. cares? Anyway, he's, he's, he's Ricky's best he says, friend. Dude, you seen Judy? We're here to infer that Judy and Ricky had a thing last summer. We remember the important characters' names. Yeah, Judy is a very well. Judy also wears a shirt that has her name written on it <laughs> through half the film, so that wasn't too hard. Yeah, but uh, he's like Judy. She's like this, and makes a gesture that she has very large breasts. Mm-hmm. Or larger than last year's, at least. So, yeah. like, I, yeah. I kept connecting with this because I do, um, I've been a, a summer camp. Well, I've, have, I've had that I. feeling. And, I and you know, you I love this scene. I love the movie. I don't think any of us have said what we feel about the movie. But I love the movie. And just we the whole... save that for the end. The, the whole, like, feeling of, of, like, camp and stuff just, like, is... is a great feeling and like you're arriving you don't know what to expect it's, it's sunny yeah you're seeing different people and and in middle school especially the the roughest the, period yeah and, and this is that time where like the kids the the boys still are like little puny little dudes and then the girls are like uh developing and that's why he did oh they, she's she's much different than last year and all that which is I've experienced that you guys experienced that where yeah, you show up and she, yeah and you're like whoa she's much more sexier than since last year how do I kill every other male right now <laughs> yeah pretty much I mean it turns into the competition and like fucking battle royale what's gonna happen but I do love just the best aspect of this movie is the camp the the yeah. the, the feeling of it more so yeah. than any. Friday the 13th movie, which they're essentially ripping off or taking from or paying an homage to, but 
But also, I do a lot of scenes in that feel more like sets, whereas here you're seeing the yeah the cabins, the in and out of the cabins, and the the hangout lounge and all that stuff. And as and even not even comparing like endings or gruesomeness or like anything like that, but this movie seems a little more wholesome Tame. in the sense of like you do feel that like ah nostalgia for camp. Even though it's still got like yeah, very well, it's it's just that it's not all about the blood and guts. No, exactly. Yeah, it it's got a a it's nice to tone, a nice nostalgic tone along with the kids. Yeah, a nice fun tone to it. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, uh, we've heard of Judy, but then we finally see Judy. She's talking to men that are obviously older than them. To four thirty year olds. Uh yeah. Oh, well, it seems like there's definitely at least two sets of age groups at this. Yeah camp counselors much like older a middle usually. school and then a high school age group well we gotta remember in the 80s those motherfuckers they were 17 and they looked like they were 35 you know yeah, yeah. then in the 80s a full-grown male was only expected to live to 65 <laughs> Jeez. in biblical times they would die at 35 and they were expected to have grandchildren <laughs> Okay, so then the next scene we get Angela actually uh, settling into her room, mm-hmm. and Judy walks in. A lot of, a lot of Judy. I mean, I've, we've said Judy. Did you say about. Ashley? No, Judy. No, you said Ashley. Actually, you mean Angela. He said actually. Actually, who? Angela <laughs> gets settled into her room, and she's just kind of staring in the distance that happens to be directly at Judy. Yeah, and she's kind of she kind of does herself this one scene. She kind of yeah. puts herself in that situation where Judy obviously is going to give some backlash because this new girl she's never met. Judy's is just like, "What the fuck are you her. staring at, moron?" And like, uh, Angela just continues to stare at her. Yeah, she doesn't stop or anything, which would have helped her in the long run. But we later find out that Angela don't really give a fuck no matter what because she isn't going to talk to any of these people. She hates everyone. Yeah, she's kind of like there and like very silent and very like just staring off into space. I'd say judgmental. Yeah, (laughs) uncomfortable. Very, But I don't even know about judgmental because I can't really get a sense of what... Just ambivalent to life. Yeah, like what is she feeling? What is she... She looks uncomfortable, but like what's happening here? And, uh, but at this point, this is kind of because there was a few setups for who the, like, it gets your mind thinking at this point where it's like, who's the killer right away? Because the pedophile, the pedophile cook, you're like, uh, that's a little too obvious. He could be the killer, but if he was, I wouldn't be satisfied. And then you start like meeting everyone. Judy, obvious bitch. Uh, Uh, Meg, the cabin... Yeah, we manager, we Meg, right? which yep. is which is spelled M E G, and she has a thing for M E L, yeah, which is uh, <laughs> we'll talk which, about that later. Which is the geriatric love interest of hers? I like that one, Omar. That was good. Now, what I have to say though, and I noticed this, and then AJ clarified for me. I was like. Are there any blondes in this uh, camp? I don't know. I just noticed a bunch of brunettes and a bunch of Italian-looking people. But AJ clarified it for me a little bit. I was like, these are a bunch of gals from the tri-state area who go a little bit up north to New England to take their summer camp time. Yeah, and that's... Even for a a, a hokey B horror movie, 
that's a nice little touch, you know. It's actually like realistic. Yeah, and and I can I can dig it. I can I can get with the tone, uh, because it's such a light tone. But then people are getting fucked up the whole time. So that that's what's fun, and and I will be comparing this a lot to uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. <laughs> well, we just skip past that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, next scene, uh, all the kids are in the cafeteria. They're eating lunch, and uh, Meg, for some reason, actually is concerned for Angela to some extent because she notices Angela's not eating and she won't eat anything. So she brings buff guy Ronnie over. Omar is in love with this man. <laughs> Ronnie has the smoothest. He wants and he wants Ronnie's upper body. Yeah, yeah, especially, but the legs, man, the legs were like Ken doll legs. No, Omar actually hated this guy. I'm he, like a he, foot taller than this guy. Omar, well, I think you're more like two feet taller than this guy. <laughs> Omar was concerned for the man's circulation. He was very disproportionate. A little, his clothes are so tight. He couldn't know. like turn. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's product of the times and everything. But you watch Pumping Iron. This is the second time we've brought up Pumping Iron on this podcast. Oh, God, I love that movie. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, it feels like you're it coming. It feels like you're coming when you pump. You pump and you come and it's the same feeling. You're coming. I'm coming I'm all coming the time. All, all over the place. <laughs> so, Ronnie, Ronnie is definitely the best camp counselor of everyone there. He's concerned. He's the most roided. He's helpful. He's the most roided, but he's also the most He's calm. always there when shit goes down to help. Yep. So he's nice enough to go bring Angela to the kitchen and ask the chef to personally make her a specific meal that she would love to eat. Oh but boy. Ronnie is Inept. a little naive and yeah. doesn't understand that this doesn't this see chef, the fucking disgusting pedophilic monster that he's looking at. The name of Artie yeah. already wrong. Bad name. Yeah, and he's like, I could give her something to try. Put it in her mouth. And Ronnie's like, sounds great. I'll come back. And <laughs> he's like, it. I'll take her to the back dark closet. And Ronnie's like, good, I got a phone call. I'll come yeah. back and check up on you guys later. Yeah. It didn't, I don't know about this. I don't, what was the director trying to do? What was the writer? He wrote it. He directed it. What yeah. the hell? He just was wanted he... a freaky scene with an old dude and a... Yeah. 12-year-old girl. Unless he's, like, we see some documentary where he's like, well, that was me trying to touch on the pedophilia that was going on in the early in 80s. In Hollywood. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck he was trying to do here, but he <laughs> got it out there. It, 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 he, he maybe thought it was some sort of, like, PSA school announcement, but it was sleazy as fuck. Yeah, that was... Uh, S-A-F, sleazy as fuck. And see an actor, I can see an actor having fun with that, but at the same time, it's just like there's a close up of him unzipping his pants in front of a twelve. Yeah, what's the know? angle? What's the what's the what's the thing here that we're trying to, you know? All right, so let's let's move on because yeah, there's no enjoyment so in this scene. So he unbuckles, already unbuckles his pants, and Ricky, they jump to Ricky in the cafeteria. What do you around. think you're doing to my? Well, he's asking for his sister oh, first. Okay. <laughs> now you can do the voice. Then you, Ricky runs in. What, what do you think you're doing to my cousin? Stop! Then Artie slams Ricky across the the uh, the racks that are holding all the food. And I saw an interview with him that they did the that scene so many times they actually had 
like bruises of just marks across his back yeah. of this guy slamming him so many times. He's like, you didn't see nothing. Get out of here. And then, so Ricky then pulls Angela by the arm and they get out of there. And uh, Mel, Mel comes in, yeah, head Mel. of the camp. He's like, he sees uh, Ricky and Angela run out. He's like, what, what, what's going on here, Artie? And Artie's like, zipping up his pants. He's like, I don't know. I guess I scared her. Oh, you must have. <laughs> and then takes a strap intake of a cigar and everything's okay. So is this the time of innocence where everyone's just like, oh, everything's okay? Maybe. Or are they I think just, it's more like everyone just gets a pass. They're just tolerant. Yeah. Of, Maybe uh, he was pissing where our food is. <laughs> yeah. He was just pre- pissing in the pantry. Or it's yeah. just like, he's a damn good cook. We're going to... We're gonna we're gonna let him pass on the pedophilia. Man, his sloppy joes are so good. <laughs> oh god. Extra sloppy. <laughs> Lady, you're scaring us. <laughs> <laughs> Lady <laughs> Who's Chris Farley? <laughs> he kinda looked like Chris Farley. Shit. Oh, god, you can't taint Chris Farley. Taint? Chris Farley was a pedophile? What? No. Oh, God. He was just a cokehead, everyone. It's okay. Why are you hating on Chris Farley? I'm not. I'd rather be a cokehead than a... All right. Anyway. <laughs> all right, so the next scene, we jump back to... Um, all, the, all the kids have left the captor, and it looks like Artie is preparing the next meal, so he has the largest pot in history ever made, boiling water to prepare some... He has a ladder to. It's drop like the four corn feet, to. like a four foot pot. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. gonna fit like a thousand uh, cobs of corn. Yeah. Like, so what's an ear of corn? Is that the same thing? An ear of corn isn't a cob. Okay. Yeah. So ears of so he must have fit. Yeah, I believe you might refer to it as an ear before you dehusk it. Forty cobs. And then when it's dehusked, it's a cob. So you dehusk and it turns into the cob. Yep. And in the ear, or the ear... The is, ear turns into the cob. And the ear is dehusked and turned into the cob. Exactly. Exactly. But what? where does the cob salad come in? Cob salad is because it has shaved off corn in it. Is There's corn in the cob? There, there's corn in the cob salad. I know for sure there's a... It's usually corn... Uh, blue cheese, avocado. Blue cheese or ranch, avocado, onion, and uh, hard-boiled eggs. You know who has a good cop salad? Uh, Zafiro's in Mequon, the movie theater. Oh, yeah, I've had that. That's good. Yeah, cool. yeah. The uh, Marcus, Marcus uh, Theater in Mequon. So. I only go to the real Zafiro's. <laughs> yeah, Which well, one? Oh, the closer, downtown it's one? It's closer to, it's like yeah. five um, blocks. Farwell. We're the closest to Farwell right now, but. Yeah. yeah. The Mequon there meat, Theater. The meatballs on Farwell, they melt in your mouth. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to. The balls down. melt in your mouth? Dude, they do. I don't know how they do it, man. But isn't this movie about sausage, not meatballs? Yes, correct. Okay. So, conveniently, the other chef, Bob, a.k.a. Robert Earl Jones, mm-hmm. goes off to get some other food from another building. Darth Plagueis? Yep. Darth Sidious. Oh, Darth Sidious, yeah. And while <laughs> big boy Artie's up checking, make sure the water's boiling, somebody comes behind him. We're not sure. We just see some veiny arms grab at a chair. And kind of tips Artie over, and he's like, "What are you doing? Hey, if you don't uh, uh, push me over, I'm, I'm gonna make you a hot fudge sundae." 
Yeah, that was like his bartering, yeah. like trying well, to. just gonna make some ice cream, and that prevents this person. I got a Sunday for you. So he was holding on to that little like uh, spice hold- rack, or he could have pushed himself backwards. The thing is, he didn't need to pull the barrel of hot water with him. Exactly, he could have just fallen back without the giant pot of boiling water. Mm-hmm. I think he was just. So- I think he wanted to die. He was so filled with... Because he knew that he was a dirty pedophile. Yeah, like he just... Repent for his sins. He was so heavy with pedophilia that he couldn't... He was chock full of it. He couldn't make an athletic move to just be like, Oh, don't touch the boiling pot. Don't grab it. No. Yeah, well, that poor spice rack. It was holding on for dear life as he was. It wasn't added nothing in that kitchen, tell you that. Now those hands... uh, now, is this where we're supposed to start thinking, like, oh, whose hands are those? But obviously, they're kind of like male hands. Yeah, they're veiny. They look pretty... They yeah, look, there's some hair on them. Either they're men hands or they're Jerry Seinfeld's uh, girlfriend. Yeah, like cr- hands. crushing lobster <laughs> tails and, and so, popping beer bottles. I really bottles. like her, but her hands. There's only, she has man hands. There's only two culprits, a man or... Jerry Seinfeld. Or Jerry Seinfeld's <laughs> ex-girlfriend, yeah. yeah. So, then the Artie gets tipped over and all the boiling water lands on him. His skin's bubbling, peeling. Great special effects. He's screaming yeah. until, presumably, hours later, the ambulance comes and get him. Yeah, he hasn't lost his voice yet. And the he doctor... hasn't told who de- who's done it to him. <laughs> no. Because he got a good look. He obviously knew yeah, who it was. But he just put, he couldn't stop screaming. He was too busy screaming. And the doctor's like... Every nerve of his is on fire. I can't help him with any of his pain. And Mel's dumbass goes, oh, what's the prognosis, Doc? Well, he got burned pretty bad. <laughs> what about his eyeballs? We'll have to wait and see. Now that part uh, was really, I mean, they, the special effects guys were just we're like, Boiling yeah. and blistering. Yeah, they, they, like, they did They somehow good. put air under all the pockets. Yeah, make them mm-hmm. fluctuate. But I, I'm just glad that the director and the cinematographer just, like, they spent some time just showing the guy bubbling up and then pain and everything. Mm-hmm. But then it did turn comedic when it was just, like, it changed it was the like scene. like, four minutes of <laughs> And he's still yelling. Like, ah! He's on the stretcher with his hands wrapped up and everything, and, and he's still he was, yelling. They put him out the door, and it, like... Hurt, like pushes his arm and he's like, <laughs> like he even gets hurt worse. It's just, it's like, uh, it, it, it was very comedic timing, yeah. but still, he he got fucked up. Obviously, no sympathy, man. Yeah. Then he rolls up. Um, Mel decides to pay off the rest of the cafeteria workers to not tell anyone, not let any of the yeah, kids he, know. Yeah, he promotes Bob. He doesn't want any parents to be interfered with any of this. He just wants the camp to run smoothly after this because. At this point, he does just assume it is an accident. This is where a uh, uh, a tie between Mel's character and the mayor from Jaws is very evident. Because mm-hmm. yeah. both are, uh, high, at, at least in the realm they're living in, high-standing you know, yeah. signifiers of the community. And they just want everything to be fine. Yeah. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Any trouble? Jaws is for profit, though. This is he Jaws has is no for well. To keep Jaws is for profit. Well, this one's kind of for profit because he want doesn't want the camp to close because he's got kids getting murdered. Yeah, that's fair. He's, he's also trying to get laid this summer, guys. Yeah, he's also trying to pick up M E G. Yeah. <laughs> and next scene, uh, we jump back to the boys' camp. 
with boy Ricky, and they're playing a sick, cruel trick on my bully, on the bullied boy Mozart, his name is. Mozart. Mm-hmm. And they're playing a game where cool. I believe they're making him believe his body is heavy, so he cannot be, he won't be able to lift his body up once they get to the count of three. Have you ever, like, played any of those games? No. Mm-mm. Like, Live's a Feather Stiff as Board, Live's Feather Stiff of Boards. Games similar like that. That's where I portray it as. They put a, okay, it. all I understand is that they put a rag over his eyes, and then they're like, one, two, three. But the they... reason he lifts up so quickly is because they're making him believe that his mind, his body is heavy. Oh, so. So that's why he jumps up so quickly. Yeah, because he thinks he needs more man. force because yeah. he's so heavy. Didn't the they do this in Jackass, the movie? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Anyway. Or like, he, they're, they're holding his head back. Regardless and... of this, we have to watch one 12 year old's face go into another 12 year old's ass crack. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to make a slapping noise. It was like. Yeah, that was the noise. His glasses didn't even fall off his face or no, break they didn't get any poo on them or nothing. They don't make glasses like they There's used to. There's definitely fecal matter on that. Yeah, he's, got, he's, getting, yeah. he's getting pink eye for if sure. If you don't see brown, that doesn't mean it's not on yeah. there. Yeah, particulates. Then after this... It's like radiation. You know that radiation is just spicy air? Oh, God. I heard farts are just spicy air also. Mm-hmm. After this cruel joke... Everyone's cool with it. Everyone's fine. No one's upset. Yeah, the guy's like, like, oh, you guys did it again. Yeah, you guys got me. Uh, we jumped to the softball scene, which is about 20 minutes. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. If it wasn't bad, it just had nothing to do with the actual plot. This is where we learned that this movie was in production called Mullet, the movie. There's at least eight There's mullets. There's at least eight mullets per every ten kids on this team. See, the, the, the one thing I do like about this movie the most is you do you do feel like you're at camp with the kids. and You're in the around, 80s, bro. Dude, playing softball. Yeah, playing pranks. You know, you, you get that sense. There's the counselors where they're a little older, not so much, but they think they're much cooler. They're, they're running They'll things. They'll shit talk with them. Uh, the one guy, the one counselor, Bill's like, eat shit and die, Ricky. And Ricky just goes, eat shit and live. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Ricky did, uh, he had a foul mouth, but it was fun to, to hear him and how fired up he was and everything and... But I, the softball scene was cool, where you like you get you do get a sense of the competition, and they're spending the day there. They're just yep. playing softball all day, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, for those of you who did uh, do do summer camp, I mean, this is one of the better movies to just get that feel for it, but still have a fun time with a horror movie, horror almost a mystery, because you're trying to figure out. You're like, that's the killer. That's the killer. And then essentially the ending is one of the better endings ever. Mm-hmm. And then next we jump to one of the many like dances or socials they have at the camps yeah. where all the kids kind of come together to one giant cabin. There's music playing in the background. They either get eat some snacks, hang around, dance possibly. And a group of the boys, older boys it looks like, are trying to get a group of girls skinny dipping because currently they only have 15 guys to 5 women who are down to do it allegedly. So, they get the idea to point out the other side of the room. There's a Angela just eating her chocolate bar in peace, staring, staring out in space. Into space. Sweetest girl, sweetest girl. Oh, which not, bother, is, not bothering anybody. Now that's also like I mean, the cinema, which was apparently her audition. Yeah, that's what the, I heard. The, the too. director just said the way of auditioning Angela's quote unquote was just um, here I want you to eat this candy bar and stare into space. 
Which is really weird, but also a testament to her character. So it could be because that innocent. face is her the whole movie. You know? It could be like an innocent artistic choice. Mm-hmm. But then, or it could just be a dirty. Old yeah, movie. with the with the pedophilia yeah, undertones, yeah, but true. undertones, overtones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> overtones for sure, though. No. <laughs> yeah. And then this is the scene we actually also learn that Angela gets buckets. She takes the wrapper of the chalkboard, <laughs> throws in the ca- in the garbage bin, straight cash. Nothing. Magic Jordan, all net. Magic Jordan. <laughs> That's an office joke. I prefer oh. LeBron Bird. Uh, it yeah. seems now the turntables have spent. It's another office joke. <laughs> So then, the boy, the two older boys finally... <laughs> See, it's just a little burn. <laughs> the two older boys go up to Angela. They're trying to sweet talk her at first. They're like, why don't you come with us? We could give you a good time. And then she, like, blankly stares at them. And they're like, you fucking bitch. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck's wrong with you? God, are you fucking stupid or something? What's wrong with you? You got chickens for brains? And then when they start attacking Angela, they got a cool western scene where... Ricky kicks Rick. open the door with his cowboy hat. He doesn't cowboy kick open Ricky, door, but he does have Five a cowboy size hat is too big. that you don't see at any other point in this no. movie. But before a fight starts, once Ricky sees these guys picking on Angela, it's, uh, dude, get the hat off, then we can fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets knocked off, but I, I thought that was like a nice touch. Yeah, it was just like this yeah, guy. Yeah, he's like a desperado yeah. coming into his home saloon, being like, "What's going on?" Oh, desperado. Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Desperado, nice. <laughs> Why would you even say that? You did that to yourself. And then after this fight, we get. I was more referring to the great westerns of John Ford, not this hack Rodriguez. <laughs> after this fight, we get r- one of Ricky's first blowups, which is fantastic. He just he screams every word imaginable. Yeah, it's Eddie, great. Eddie says he must have lost his voice about five times on this film because sometimes when you think he's gonna say fuck, he says frick. Yeah, mixes up rhymes with prick. Frickin' prickin' mother frickin' trickin' shithead. Like yeah, I I'm shit for brains. There's no way these lines were like written for him. No, the he director was just like, you, say swears. Yeah, that had to have been his audition. Yeah, yeah. no, it was. Just swear. Literally, he yeah. just had kids cuss him out. He was like, cuss me out. And whoever got the best swear line, that's who did cut the role. I got it. I figured out. The guy, uh, Ricky's best friend's name is Paul. I'm sorry about oh, that. Oh, fuck. I, I, knew I, had, I was way I off. knew I had it written down. I just forgot about but Paul. After the scuffle between Ricky, Paul, and all the big... All the big guys. Uh, Paul comes up to Angela and talks to her for the first time. Kind of gets to know her. Tells her that Ricky's kind of explained the issue with Angela's family and what happened in the past and why she's so quiet. And then after Paul puts a sweet talk on her, he tells her goodnight and we hear Angela's first in the words, which is just a goodnight back. And all of a sudden we're transported to a 1950s crooning ballad as... Two lovers signify their attraction by saying simple words, sweet, mm-hmm. sweet nothings. Not I. I do. Isn't that a great gig where you're like the main character, you're the iconic character. And you have to say like four words, and you and you don't have to do much. 
Just that's, stare. Yeah, and I mean, her face is very uh, memorable. Because, I mean, even now, if you look, if you see the way uh, the girl who played Felicia looks now, I mean, she's she's a very pretty woman. And, like, you think about it, it's like, damn, she had a good gig. She's probably got, like, pretty good money in the bank and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's like lightning in a bottle there, where it's just like, well, I'll just be an actress. I'll say ten words in a movie. and I think she actually came back to do the fourth one. Mm. Uh, return to Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, and she was in makeup the whole time, though. She played a cop with a voice box. Yeah. She was in makeup the whole time. Yeah. She wasn't revealed till the very that end. Movie was you guys bad. saw oh, yeah, all the other Sleepaway no. Camp? No. Oh, I'm seen... not wasting my... I watched the second one, but uh-huh. I didn't wait. I watched YouTube. I... Not worth it. I watched the second one. I skipped through the third, and I skipped through the fourth. So, like... See, like, after this one, I don't know how... This... Okay. This is the only one worth possibly owning now the only reason i'm saying this now let me finish my thought here before you guys go crazy on this now i i heard you mention jaws so it reminded me of a few of the orchestral notes that were in this movie that were very similar to jaws and uh but it's uh i i just i i don't want to compare it but it does have that the franchise has that feeling where the first one is like so iconic and the other ones are just like mm-hmm. but they there's actually, a bunch of they actually like wanted that. Angela to be a shark in this movie at the camp yep like a lake shark like a mutant lake shark <laughs> a pond shark a, bl- a bull shark they can now, swim in fresh water man for how long i wonder uh at least like a few weeks those motherfuckers, they're like dinosaurs. Because they have a bladder in them that, um, like, fluctuates the salinity uh-huh. that they need in their bodies. So, like, as long as that shit's working, they can, like, be swimming in fresh water for as long as they can. So, wow. They can even breed in fresh water. So, now, what was there ever anything about the musical uh, being very similar? Like, the musical composition being very similar. I think a couple times there were some stings. There were some like horror stings where like oh that person came out of nowhere. Yeah or it'd be like yeah like a I remember at times when Angela was bullied too there'd be on certain words Judy would say. Yeah yeah I I did notice a lot of that but I don't know. No no I thought that was a good comparison. I liked it. That was good. Um, but after she says goodnight, we jump to the sausage party swim fest, which was yeah, just a bunch of <laughs> just a bunch of you know, couple guys trying to get these girls to go skinny dipping with them. The girls basically say no fucking way, and they go, "Fine, we knew you didn't want to have fun anyway. Come on, guys!" And they all get naked and start just slapping each slapping other. each other's wieners together in the water. Which is, I mean, it is a testament of like. When a man is trying to get laid and then they get a little desperate, they will show their goods before the other. I know one will trick them. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's almost, it's a sense of desperation, but that's what camp is, you know. You're like all, like, you're you're almost isolated in this little area. You're trying to get laid or trying to attract this person. 
And that's why I like all the scenes, even the scenes next to the fire camp. And you're like getting to know someone and all that. So just this group of jocks or whatever they are, they're like, well, they're not going to show us what they got. So let's just show them our, our sausages, so to speak, and jump in the water. and Our cobs. Yeah. We're not, we're not self-conscious. Look, you know, it's, it's just all a game. It's all a ploy. Just a... Just to get, you know, into Judy's pants. It seems like, was everyone trying to get into Judy's yeah, pants? Yeah, I think, I think Judy was up for everyone getting into her pants. Yeah. And then, while well, all the boys, are, well, while the few boys are in the pool naked, they're on the pool in the lake naked, <laughs> there are two little potheads just smoking it up. <laughs> and... One of them, by the name of Kenny, convinces Leslie, another woman, to go on a boat with him out into the lake that night. Mm-hmm. And Kenny plays a little joke on her, starts tipping the boat, telling her how there's snapping turtles and sea snakes. Sea snakes? Water snakes. Water snakes. Mm-hmm. The sea, who cares? <laughs> uh, there are water snakes in the lake. So he starts you really want this them. lake to be the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better that way. The ocean is scarier than it the is. Lake. My lord. So he starts tipping the boat, and they finally tip over. And Leslie, she just Leslie like, clearly swims yeah, away. She says, "Screw you, Kenny." Kenny gets, gets under shore. the boat and is like, "Leslie." He sees Leslie get yeah. up onto the she's shore. Like on the, the towel yeah. She's like away. on the dock, and he's like, "Come on, I know you want this." He's under the boat by himself, thinking something magical. All of a sudden, happen. a head appears, and he goes, "You." Boy, they're going to be interested to see that you're here. And all of a sudden, the easiest drowning ever captured on cinema takes place. <laughs> yeah. As he is dunked underwater for two seconds. and then Which dies. makes it even worse, because later on, Ronnie says how good of a swimmer he was. Yeah, not, not, not a good swimmer. He yeah. didn't have the lungs. No. <laughs> but no, and this is where, kind of the first clue, where we're like... <gasps> Okay, so, because at first you're like, maybe the pedophile's a killer. Just, it's not true, but you get that he sense. He came back from the hospital? He get, no, but he, no, in the beginning where he's just like a creep before he dies. And then he gets killed, and you're like, okay, that's obviously not the killer. And then in this sense, a brunette head comes out of the water, so you're like, huh. That could be Ricky, that could be Judy. Could that be Ronnie. Could, that could be anybody, you know, mm-hmm. anybody that's... And so many brunettes, but they make that obvious. We're like, hey, here's the killer. They're brunette. We're just like, yeah. thanks, movie director. Meg. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. could be Meg. Yeah. She Shut up, guys, Meg. Did you guys see that movie, Meg? Yeah, I did. The Meg? The, the Meg. Jason Is it Seth. Meg or The Meg? I think it's The Meg. But I, I like it. A lot of people said Meg. When it was called Meg better. Yeah. I heard it's a great airplane movie. Yeah. I heard it's a good Chinese movie, not an American. It was movie. made for China, not for America. Yep. Yeah. Really? Okay. It has like four like Chinese pop yeah, stars like or something. Prominent, like prominent, oh. like prominent Chinese pop stars are yeah. in it for no okay. reason. Ruby yeah. Rose. Ruby Rod. I thought her name was Ruby Rose. I'm talking about Fifth Element. What are you talking about? Meg. Mm. Anyway. Oh, you're talking about Chris Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Ruby Rod. Dallas! <laughs> Coben, my man! Coben! Coben! Coben Dallas! You don't remember that shit? Fifth Element? Yeah, but I just got confused because we were talking about the Meg. Yeah, well, you gotta keep you, keep you on your toes. Stanley Kubrick? The best. Yeah, okay. 
That's how you. That's what you did to me. Okay. okay. Next scene is right. lifeguard who okay. obviously hates his life. He's flipping chairs. He's like, fucking clean this up. Mel, you come clean this up. What's this canoe doing here? Oh, fuck. There's a dead kid in here. Yeah, we got a de- Kenny's dead body with a, the, the cutest snake coming out of his mouth. The water snake, which he so fervently was the warning snake. the girl about. Oh, yeah. yeah the sea snake. Yeah. But see, I also think this is a little foreshadowing. It's Shattering? shattering? Uh, well, <laughs> AJ, shut the fuck excuse up. Excuse my language. <laughs> A uh, foreshadowing because it's uh you know wait what was the drug in scanners it's it's a little skin it's a little snake so you know we see a little snake later on yeah <laughs> and then uh, lifeguard notices Kane's dead body starts whistling brings Mel over and that's when they finally get the cops involved and this is our first scene with Frank the cop great mustache. Yeah, literally, uh, you think we're just, like, kind of being loosey-goosey with titles? No, his actual credited name in the title, yeah. in the credits, is Frank the Cop. Who yeah. is that, Henry Cavill? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. This is Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible. This is, yeah, this is Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, we get Henry Cavill in Justice League. <laughs> yeah. So... Nice mustache, matches his hair, matches the top, all good, <laughs> looks normal. Great guy. We're going to get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see Justice League? Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible, isn't it's it? It's really bad. The best scene was when Fla- when Superman is reborn and Flash thinks he can get past Superman. Superman's eyes are slowly watching him. That was the best scene, I thought. Yeah, I mean, Zack Snyder's like... Like stepdaughter committed suicide, like in the middle of production of that film, mm-hmm. and like Joss Whedon took over, and Joss Whedon took over, and it's just it's just a mess. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, just two completely different directors. Yeah, just... yeah, two different, and he had to, and he wrote, rewrote the script, and it it was never not going to be a piece of trash. Anyway, poor guy, poor yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Zack Snyder actually. I know a lot of people hate him. I do. I yeah. I mean, he, visually. He's awesome, dude. Dude, Watchmen? I love Watchmen. Yeah, I mean, he... Do people dislike Watchmen? Yes. Well, yeah, they get nitpicky with it. And then the thing about... I mean, they what people hate about Zack Snyder is just like he... The storytelling. Oh, okay. But visually, he, he can... Because <laughs> yeah, uh, Batman vs. Superman, I mean, it's not a great movie, but visually... I visually, mean, it's great. I love just sitting back and watching that. Yeah, movie. so, I mean, you just gotta watch the three-hour version. Well, uh, yeah, you gotta watch the director's cut. Did yeah. Snyder do Man of Steel? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I love Man of Steel. People hate Man of Steel. Well, so I'm saying there's so much hate. It's like, dude, just let him make... He's not Michael Bay. Just let him make a fucking movie. Yeah, but see, the the, the movie that most people tolerate... People, well, I hate that when people draw the Michael Bay to Zack Snyder. Like, no, I, I hate that comparison, but then I also hate that they say, well, his best movie is Dawn of the Dead remake, which I don't even like, really. Like, it's good, Yeah. but that's not his best movie. No, I think it's just the most accessible and easy for yeah. people to get. You know, it's a little zombie movie. Yeah. Uh, Sucker punch. Yeah. Next scene, I believe it's... I had fun. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Zack no, Snyder, we love, we love you, Zack Snyder. We love you, Zack. Yeah. Like Stay that. strong, buddy. Yeah. And next, I believe it's another social or it's another night scene. And 
uh, Angela and Paul are together, and Paul sneaks a couple kisses with Angela. And at first, she doesn't seem like she's too interested in the idea, but later on in the movie, she gets a little more comfortable. I believe it's a shock because it's obviously her first kiss to some extent. Uh, she's a little uh, taken back by that. Yeah, she's like, Boja moi! Yeah. And then we skip to the next morning. They are, all the women are swimming and she is not. Because Angela doesn't like doing anything. She just wants to watch. Specifically, doesn't want to go in the water because of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shrinkage? Yeah, no. Okay, one more. No, no. I mean, another another great Seinfeld (laughs) episode, dude. Her hair isn't curly. I just got out of the pool! She has more of a straight hair where it wouldn't shrink. If like she had a the curly turtle. I'm sorry. No, like her, <laughs> like her perm doesn't go down at all, you know. I was in the pool! I was in the pool! <laughs> and then uh, when she's chilling, not doing shit, just watching, uh, Paul comes behind her and she's like, who is it? And she's like, Ricky? No. Burt Reynolds? And that's how you know how old this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Because Burt Reynolds is a sex yeah. guy. Kurt Ferguson is... himself. <laughs> yeah. Smokey and the Bandit was on playing that night, and she's got fresh memories of Harry old Burt Reynolds. Norm MacDonald. <laughs> I love Norm. R.I.P. Norm MacDonald. He's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's alive and well and telling jokes. R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Norm I'll cry when he dies. Yeah. Uh, and then this is where... Uh, then at one point, Judy just gets real upset with Angela because... Her and Meg are trying to get at her because she's not doing anything. And she's somewhat jealous that Paul is giving her attention. They gang up on her real she bad. She tells Angela that she's a carpenter's dream, flat as a board, and in need of a screw. And this is where the 44-year-old Norwegian camp counselor comes and slaps Judy for saying that. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So much. I mean, that's a great line, though. I'd be like, good line. But even so, <laughs> I'd be like, that was a decent insult, but also. <laughs> and then when Angela is kind of in shock from that scenario of her camp counselor being slapped while being physically and emotionally attacked in her room where she walks off to potentially go find either Paul or Ricky just to hang around with. And that's when we got the boys chilling on top of the top of their cabin with water balloons ready and they just nail Angela right in the chest. Perfectly. Because what I commented on is it's like sometimes you'll throw a balloon at someone and it just bounces off and it splashes on the ground. This one actually splashed on her which is awesome. Or you even get the worst case scenario where you throw it at somebody doesn't pop, falls to the floor, also doesn't pop then that dude's got a water balloon. And then he's just sitting there and it's like uh, it's a dud. You know, you look foolish. Jump on top of it. And those guys were on the roof, shirts mm-hmm. off, so rebellious. And it's like, where are the camp counselors? Where are the rules? You know, yeah, no yeah. one's, they're just doing whatever they want to yeah. do. Attacking Ra- Ra- uh, Ra- little Ra- Reagan's girls. America, man. <laughs> yeah, 83, I tell you. It's Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars and Thousand Points of Light. That's right around where, uh, when uh, Return of the Jedi came out. 83, exact yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Ewoks, then. Jabba's Jabba's dying and Sarlacc pits and green lightsabers and 
bounty hunters galore and motherfucking Lando Rebel fl- Ones flying the Millennium Falcon fly ass Han Solo yeah well he Han Solo kind of sucked in Return yeah well Jones. that's cause Harrison Ford was a little upset about the fact it turned into a fucking Muppet movie at the he end. did nothing yeah then Ricky comes over and <laughs> we get we get Ricky's second outburst of swearing. Yeah, only his second. You motherfucking sack of shit! I ought to pound you in the next week, you <laughs> cocksucker. Yeah, that was actually really good. I yeah, like that. Same yeah, no, that was good. And then they get broken up by Mel. Mel's just getting more and more seen out throughout the movie. He's like, he's like, Ricky, yeah, I know you're the murderer. <laughs> I know he really, you. He, I know you did it, Ricky. Did he just want to kill Ricky? Ricky, why are you trying to sabotage my relationship with Megan? <laughs> you stay away from Meg. So, so Mel splits up the boys. Older boys go in their their cabin back and. Uh, they're getting ready for a softball game. One of the boys goes, yeah, I'll be right out there. Got to take a wicked dump first. <laughs> Grabs a nudie magazine of some sort. Or the paper. We don't know. No, we it's definitely a nudie. Okay. Nudies, uh, they induce they def- were, defecation. They were, they were ubiquitous mm-hmm. around yeah, the yeah. year. So looking at uh, naked women just enhances... The de- shit. Yeah, defecation. Like solidifies the shit. Yes. Yeah. So while this boy, I don't know his name, I'm sorry again. This man is... Brad. Yeah, after Brad's taking the shit, we see above there's a, a screen and... Why is there this giant window above where people take shit? Not shits? a window, it's a screen. You gotta air so, it out. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Right. Uh, we have an arm with a knife slicing a cross design in the... Clearly a short person. Yeah, it's... struggling to get out there. Yeah. And then about through the whole... They shove a beehive. And the guy's like, what are you guys doing? Quit messing around. And it's like, there's fucking bees there, He bro. tries to break through the door, but there's a giant stick of beef jerky that yeah. will not be broken. No, impossible. It's like really, <laughs> it's like when the jerky gets real stale, like you open the Ziploc and you leave it out for like two days mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I can't bite into this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It turns into a belt, essentially. Yeah, yeah. right. You gotta yeah. like gnaw at it. Anyway. So the bees are destroying this guy. He refuses to duck underneath the opening of the door correct and the bees finally get him right as he breaks open the door finally and he falls to the ground he has mm-hmm. welts and raspberries sores and yeah raspberries blueberries yep. everywhere <laughs> and his whole face his entire face is covered in bees while there's welts all across his neck and arms yeah really dude dude honestly our world could end tomorrow because bees are going extinct. Einstein yeah. said that and Trotsky. And I think uh, Little Caesar also said that. Pizza, pizza, because when you buy one pizza, they give you the second. There it is. The end is near. Avoid the noid. <laughs> <laughs> Old yeah. pizza characters. Uh, apocalypse now, everyone. And then. So. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Ricky. Yeah. So then Angela and Ricky are then walking around. Pizza around. the Hut! <laughs> Angela and Ricky are then walking around the forest, and Paul is kind of getting, getting a little fresh. A little disappointed with Angela oh. being a little prude to some extent. Yeah. So Ju- uh, Judy gets a hold of him and tra- convinces him to have a little makeout session. Obviously, in a movie like this, Angela's gonna of roll course up. has to come upon them. Roll See, the way them. I look at it is Judy 
is so like she she has like a line a fine line between this movie the whole she has like a character she cuts through this whole movie kind of like continuity. like Black Panther is in Whoa. Civil War uh like kind of sure <laughs> she's just continuous <laughs> in this movie and you keep seeing her and you're like oh you're a part of the plot you're a part of the main yeah. story beats yeah Ju- and- <laughs> Judy just like T'Challa in uh, Civil War everyone yep. We made that leap. I'm so glad I wasn't listening to that. The MCU. <laughs> we gotta, we'll never talk about the MCU. And yeah, so we only got to put it in little nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Little nugs over here and there. Yeah, yeah. We could maybe do a Deadpool, but that's, yeah, that's not uh, Marvel. Maybe no, like, a slob cinema movie would be like X-Men Origins Wolverine. Or like oh. Dolph Lundgren's oh. The Punisher. Ooh. Oh, or that's that, fucking yeah, good. That's a good idea, yeah. Like or a Street Fighter. Oh God! Oh, not a now that content, would be yeah. I hate Mortal Kombat Armageddon, Annihilation, Annihilation. Annihilation yeah, Fuck. I no, dude, I hate I hate Van Damme Street Fighter a lot. Yeah, that's that's. Really I bad. can't I can't stand that movie. Yeah. <sighs> so <laughs> after this, this is where Mel's getting a little more concerned because they find the B boy. And this is where he's really getting the idea that Ricky's doing. Ricky, I know you have an apiary on this camp. I know you did this. He knew. He knew Ricky disliked this guy because they fought previously. And yeah. Mel's really all in on the Ricky theory. Yeah. Is this where he beats him up? No, later. No, no, oh, no. Shit. Whoa, damn, Omar. Damn, That's Omar, like you got tor- the fast forward button. I got edit this shit off. It's just like Mel is so, like, uh, he's so... Well, he's dying in real life, so I think his character's also... The Alzheimer's is catching up. He's so sold that Ricky, this little foul-mouthed kid, is the killer. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's ready for it. He knows it. Hey, I think he just wanted to kill. He's like, kid. he's like, he like goes home and he does like the Rambo three like prep, like he's tying fucking <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. chains around his wrists and a fucking bandana around his head. Ricky, I'm gonna kill you. You're dead. And then next we have another scene of them at the lake, and Angela's not going to the pool again. Mm-hmm. You keep uh, saying pool. It's a fucking lake, fucking Eddie. Dude. There's so much different waters. No, there's not. I didn't there's... go to camp, dude. I don't that, know. This is so obvious. He's you like see, a pool is a concrete constructed <laughs> barrier of chlorinated water. Dude, I've never been to camp. A lake is surrounded by trees, so, sand, and bush. all the women are in the lake except for Angela. <laughs> yeah. And obviously Judy and Meg are upset with this. And they, yeah, they're sick and tired of this shit. They throw Angela into the water. They throw Angela in the water. But when Ricky goes to help, we do see my boy Ronnie in the background doing some nice uh, shoulder some curls. Yeah, some shoulder work, some curls. But he's got to get in at least thirty-five reps yeah. before he goes and helps anybody. Yeah. And now this shot was very subtle because he's in the in the background. You're not even paying attention, but no. I don't know. That that's the director's choice. Just to style. style. Yeah, just style. do a shot like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, Ricky's going to help Angela, but Mel's in the way saying, you did it, motherfucker, you did it. And he's like grabbing his wrist. And Ronnie finally finishes his set of 30 set, thirty reps per set and comes in to split Mel and Ricky up and Ricky's finally free. He's to go. literally like, Mel, what the hell are yeah. you doing? Ricky, You're attacking this like 11-year-old kid. Yeah, Ricky's <laughs> finally free to go help Angela. The lifeguard also helps. Lifeguard looks at... Judy and Megan discuss knows he just knows they're terrible fucking people. 
And while Ricky's pulling Angela up to shore, these little brat-ass kids throwing sand at her. Yeah. Yeah, those are just, like, the younger kids at the camp, I suppose. I mean, what's the age group here? So, three age groups, then. We could say there's little kids, middle schoolers, and high schoolers. Yeah, and then, yeah, and the high schoolers are the counselor pedophile Mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Next scene, where it's a at night, and Ronnie has all the counselors together, telling them what kids, what counselors have off, and what counselors are on duty. Uh, the counselor Eddie is sent off to go take the sand kids. Yeah, the sand kids to the forest to to have a nice little camping yeah, session. Yeah, just like set up a little tent. Little does he know. And then like lambs to the slaughter. Yeah, and then <laughs> the only other memorable counselor that he knows he puts a note on is Meg, who is free for the night. And Meg, because she's free for the night, goes up to Mel and asks about that dinner he promised her. Mm. And Mel, being the young cat he is, <laughs> tells her to show up by nine thirty, because he will be that's fully when it, that's, awake. That's by when then. he needs to be tucked in. Yeah. So for a big night, Meg has to take a shower. She goes into her cabin. Long line of women. They all spin around at her at the same exact time. Hell no, you're not getting in the shower. No, you're not skipping. Which was a great shot, AJ. Yeah, AJ mentioned. So mega spooky, but I mean, taken out of context, it would be a spooky shot. Yeah, but it was well, you know, executed. Yeah, well executed. Well, uh, just everything was symmetrical and and, Mm -hmm. and good good looking. I mean, it was. That's what I like about the movie. I mean, the movie could be a silly movie about a slasher in a in a camp. So obvious. Oh, that's a Friday the Thirteenth ripoff. But there was some effort done into this. I mean, right. they tried. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't a hackneyed piece of crap, you know. No, right. So so that's why we're appreciating this. Where sometimes just. You can make it. Most movies, most B movies, are done in the woods, which is yeah. like a horribly done, yeah. almost cliche type of situation. Where this one is well done, and and that's why it does have a cult following because the the people, people saw the love that was put into it. Oh yeah, and they can appreciate the differences between just regardless like, of the goofiness. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, this is where all the shit really starts going down. It was, yep. it was kind of a slow burn to here. And then from here out, we have at least four kids. Like, I'd say eight kills, six kills. Yeah, six, yeah eight probably kills. eight, nine. Yeah. Because so I think, I think, well, go ahead. So, yeah, we'll start with the first one here. Meg's in the shower in the other cabin. So she's all by herself. No one can hear her. She's mumbling her sweet little tune. <laughs> I thought I found this scene yeah. very silly because she was just humming, and then like she was very positive and happy, not really taking a shower, but just humming and. She wasn't even really getting wet. She yeah, was, like, it was really weird. It was a really weird and funny. I, I was laughing at this scene yeah. quite a bit. Well, like, it looked like they didn't even make like a real shower. It looks like they put up like four white pieces of cardboard and had like a. a shower nozzle down into it yeah it was it was yeah it didn't feel like a shower yeah, <laughs> like a real shower <laughs> so then we see she kind of leans up against the back of the shower and bam knife comes through the back of the shower straight into the spinal column Jeez. all the way down her spine all the way yeah. down her spine yeah and so she's dead mm-hmm. how many vertebrae were those uh that's gotta be 32 like yeah. 64 how many are there nine 32? two there's two vertebrae? I think. That's how many, that's how many I got. 
<laughs> my back's terrible. Okay. <laughs> I'm just spine. Uh, AJ not, has spina bifida. This is not yeah. an anatomy podcast. Your your spines go at ninety degree angles, right? That's called scoli- <laughs> that's called scoliosis. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. And then we jump to Eddie and his kids. Uh, two of them are complaining that they're too cold, so he decides to take them back to camp. Yeah, he he, he has a sort of a uh, like. Like, like longing glance back at the eight kids he's leaving in the dark by themselves without a supervisor in the middle of the woods. He's like, eh, they'll be fine. Because it was the, because the two little kids were too cold, right? They were yeah. like, please, 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 we're so mm-hmm. cold, we yep, need to yep. go. But that's also, if you're like the counselor and you're like, you're feeling for those kids and like, okay, let's go in the car. Yeah. And then you're, you're like... Those kids will be fine. What's the worst that can happen besides... A maniac coming then, with, a, with, with a hatchet and yeah, dicing them all up like inst- fucking cottage cheese? Yeah. He didn't expect that. We instantly jumped to a POV scene of the killer grabbing a hatchet and looking at the children. POV, which is cool in the woods, uh, slasher film. You gotta add you that. You gotta have the POV kids. I, I didn't mind that. Then I think we come back to this scene after we find... Jody's making out with a boy toy. Yeah, and Mel and Mel, and Mel comes in saying, I'm looking where, for Meg. I'm trying to get my rocks off yeah. with this Meg. First he has the other counselors at the social. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't know where she is, but then he goes into the girl's uh, cabin where obviously Meg lives, and she runs into Jody, almost catching her with a boy. Judy. 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 Jody. I said Jody. My mm-hmm. bad. It's on the shirt. So then <laughs> she wore the shirt for Eddie, so you yeah. can yeah. remember. <laughs> so then Judy uh, tells the boy how to in bed. She tells Mel nothing's going on. She doesn't know where Meg is, and Meg was at the other cabin taking a shower. Mm-hmm. So Mel goes off to go find her, and Judy's boy Tully is too hits nervous to be caught, so he hits the road, leaving now is, Judy now by is, herself. Is Judy too young to call her a slut? Judy's like... Judy looks a lot older than uh, the other kids. Yeah, I don't know, because she's in the same cabin as Angela. I think the actress was about 13 when she did that movie. And I so. have to say, I mean, at camp, there was always that girl. There was that Judy yeah. girl. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you don't, We don't want to be misogynist or nothing, but I, I, I believe the film tries to make it clear that Judy is a not nice, mean, bordering on slutty. Because mm-hmm. we don't see actual action. We just mm-hmm. see kissing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Maybe that, a potential slut. Poten- a would-be slut. <laughs> yeah, a would-be yeah. slut. In the sequel, she would definitely be a yes, slut. Yes, yes, yes. So the Mel goes off to other cabin. He finds Meg's dead body. Who He's like, Ricky, oh. I know you did this to her. I'm right. going to kill you. Well, right away. <laughs> like, Meg's body looks like it was just pushed. Like oh yeah no he comes up to the shower leaning on the curtain the whole time I guess like maybe had like her pinky pinky uh, fingers hooked into the little rail and yeah then as soon as Mel came in she's like oh I gotta let go maybe yeah. that's when her vertebrae finally just gave up her spine was just like oh, turned yeah. into she just falls off but the thing I liked is how pale she looked and she had that obvious yeah, like yeah she just had that rigor mortis going on yeah and then she had that cut right down her spine which mm-hmm. was pretty fucked up to look mm-hmm. at and and uh, it it was just weird that's one of the uh, other images that will stick it's with probably you. a little more real than we 
are used to. So far, yeah, it's yeah, a little, more, a little, little realistic. Yeah. So then, like that, you said, Mel goes crazy. Yeah, he's he, he knows for a fact it's Ricky. He's on now. his way to find Ricky. He knows for a fact, but, but we cut Ricky. Back to Judy. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mel is occupied there. Judy's left by herself because her boy toy left. And we get the most uh... door opens. Who is that? Obviously. <laughs> Us watching on our brand on our new TVs, our new HD Blu-ray transfer. Blu-rays. We all know that's Ricky in a wig. Yeah, but it's not this isn't the DVD from eighty three or the VHS just, from back then. The, I the laser the we were watching disc. we were watching with Omar's girlfriend who hadn't seen the movie before and I go Wow, could they hide her not being Angela at all any better? <laughs> We're like, she doesn't know Angela's the killer, man. I'm like, but it's so obvious. Well, yeah, if, I bet if we watched this on a beta tape, we wouldn't have known. Yeah, no. But does that, so, so in the older versions, it was just grainy? or what? I believe it's Probably. supposed to be grainy and dark, so and, you don't see the face. Wow, so it's just so restored yeah that you can see yeah or maybe they just didn't know what they're doing yeah i don't know well a lot of times also for these like sort of grindhousey pictures they they and it's not hyperbole they actually made the film prints darker because they were going to be showing them at drive-ins and stuff and so people when they go to the drive-ins i mean they're there for the movie but not really for the movie you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so they didn't want some bright shining you know screen they want something a little darker so you could kind of wasn't your business. Wasn't uh didn't Bruce Lee come out in a mo- game of death or something like that where it was like it was just his it was a fake Bruce Lee and then they were like pasting his image on the yeah, guy. Yeah, that's, that's game of death. Yeah, game of death. And and that's another one where I, I just always felt that was a good drinking game movie. Is that because he was dead before they he was, finished it? Yeah, it was okay. something, yeah. and That's they try to get rid of. I mean, okay. they try to get away with making, making a Bruce a Lee finished project. Exactly. Product, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That might be a slob worthy. Yeah. <laughs> that movie sucks. That's if for people that don't know, that's where QT got the inspiration for the bride's yep, yellow outfit the yellow suit. in Kill Bill. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then we see Ricky in the wig punch punch Judy. Judy. Yes, Judy. Oh, is it sure it's not Jody? No. Okay. Yeah, it's Judy. <laughs> punch her in the face. Yeah, this is the most un-PC face. kill in the movie. Yeah, and takes the curling iron she was using. Scalding curling iron. And places it. In a not-so-nice place. Mm-hmm. That we're, honestly, we don't know because it's off screen, but you know. But you know. You know where she puts it. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on, we have our boy Ricky. Uh, he comes to the show, social late. The dinner he had that day upset his stomach. He's, He's like, let sick. me grab a fudgy Wudgems bar and some and crackers. Yeah, the counselor agreed with him the dinner that night was shit. So he said, yeah, go ahead and grab a few snacks. Uh, Ricky goes in, gets some snacks, walks out by himself, and... He's walking back to his cabin. Mel comes out of nowhere. He's like, I finally got you, fucker. He, r- fucking Mel starts beating well, he on... He grabs his neck kind of weirdly, too, right away. Yeah, he's like, I got you. He's like, kind of doing that like face mush thing. Mm-hmm. And then he throws him down, and he fucking Mel just starts beating on this dude like Donkey Kong, like both fists at the same time, like a gorilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, beats a shit of him. Uh, we don't see Ricky yet, so we don't know the extent where he was beating, but... 
Mel runs out because he realized he just beat the shit out of a kid, so he has to get out of there. He runs right into the bow and arrow field where he sees the killer. He says, no, it can't be you. No. And then we here get a nice practical effect. And how they accomplish this is that they had a, a fishing line strung from the firing point of the arrow, which is hollowed out mm-hmm. so the string can go through it. Air gauge that arrow from the fishing line to Mel's throat. And then behind Mel's throat is a little spring activated contraption that flips up the point of the arrow. So mm-hmm. it looks like in one single swipe, the arrow goes right through Mel's neck. It was really smooth. A really yeah. smooth uh, uh, transaction between arrow and throat. Arrow meets neck. Yeah. Now, I just... The Mel story. Mel was so heated, man. I mean, you don't, you don't want... To feel the fury of a the adults get their comeuppance, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And during all this ruckus, this is where our boy Frank the cop comes back. This time, with a brand new mustache. This time, the facial makeup of Frank the cop is changed dramatically into what I called looked like two strips of black electrical tape. What uh, Omar's girlfriend referred to as a little bit of tar on the lip. Yeah, two, two, two little smears of tar on the lip. <laughs> Paint, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it was. Possibly even just magic marker. Black sticky tape, maybe? Yeah. Either way, this mustache is later giving just a loving close-up. And yeah. it just looks like garbage. And I guess the story, I mean, he, the actor he, saved for, for another, another movie yeah, for another and gig. had to come back and yeah, reshoot yeah. and all that stuff. And this was before... A uh, $20 million mustache could be made through CG for a, a Superman movie. Also, apparently, before uh, little Halloween shops had 55-cent furry mustaches that you could buy. Yeah. Yeah. But I also uh, read somewhere that those are two caterpillars that they found in the wilderness, oh. and they just put them on his oh, uh, well, upper nice. lip. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to give back to the, you know, nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then earlier in the film, Angela... Uh, told fucking Paul yeah, Paul to meet her at the lake after the social and that they will be skinny dipping. Mm. So we see Paul and Angela meet up at the lake. There's some uh, little camaraderie, you know, Angela trips Paul, yada yeah, yada. You can't catch me, wait till I get my hands on you. And they The cop comes across Ricky. The, Ricky, all beaten up and black eyes. Blood. Blood Clearly everywhere. not alive. Well, alive, but mm-hmm. not able to be the killer, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, they come upon the beach, and we see um, from the back Ronnie uh, and the good girl counselor. I want to say her name is Stacy. The forty-four-year-old Norwegian. Yeah, yes. she looked like a forty-four-year-old yeah. Norwegian. You're they right. roll up on <laughs> Angela, butt naked, cradle uh, Paul's head, uh, singing a type of lullaby. And they're trying to get a hold of her. They're like, Angela, Angela. And Angela stands up. The Paul's head rolls off. We get a jump cut to the crazy aunt back. Aunt, aunt, whatever you prefer. So pretty much right before the reveal. reveal there's yeah. this little flashback where the crazy aunt is saying something along the lines of, well, I already have a boy. I couldn't use another boy. We'll have to call you Angela. That wouldn't work, <gasps> would it? Peter. Yeah. What? We cut back to reality. We see Angela's screaming, gross, grotesque face. 
Blood all, blood all over it. Cuts back to the cancers. And the little penis. Oh my god, he's a guy! Bum bum bum! And then cuts to Jim Carrey just spitting and forcing himself to puke. Peter. And then all the other cops oh, that also kissed the transvestite wait, also was, puked. That was Ace Ventura. Yeah. Oh. Peter found Captain Winky. He, then she must have the worst case of hemorrhoids I have ever seen. <laughs> but what, what really fucked me up about that scene is just obviously like her, her mouth open, just crazy looking. But the body, which was behind the scenes, was a man's body. But with Angela's face or mask or whatever the prosthetic was, it looked... Wendigo-esque or like a dog soldier. Omar is referring to the ancient Native American myth of the Wendigo, which is a creature born from the soul of a man which has turned evil due to the cannibalization of another man's flesh. Yeah, and the oh. only thing I'm like comparing because it just looks like this like lanky... In other words, a very hairy man. Yeah, like a long-haired, you know, crazy-looking thing with a Vienna sausage for a penis. Yeah, which is yeah. why we had brats tonight. And then cut on Angela's screaming face turns to a green filter and credits start rolling. Yep. And, the, and the credits roll with her face just right there. Still right there. Which was a prosthetic. Am I? Yep, am it's I, a, that was a plaster cast. And Which I, I have to say, that was an awesome cast. I thought that was... I saw this movie 10 years ago with some buddies of mine. I never knew that was a mask. I thought that was the gal just yeah. holding that that face for 30 seconds or a minute yeah. or whatever they needed her to. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, I, I, I... Possibly, possibly the shock ending of all slasher movies. Yeah, I'd that, say so. I mean, Scream is up there. I mean, even Scream 2, even though they um, re- kind of redid the same... Jason coming out of the lake in Friday the 13th Part yeah, 1. Yeah, yep. even yep. though he didn't execute the kill, which right. pisses me off. The first two movies, he doesn't uh, execute a kill. The, the Nightmare on Elm Street taken away in the Freddy car, however oh. ridiculous that is. Oh, like still... the blow-up doll yeah. being pulled through the window. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, still, uh, you know, I mean, the movie is... You know, we love this movie, but the movie is known for this. Yes. If the movie didn't have this, it might have gotten lost in the smorgasbord of yeah tons and tons of slash movies coming out this time. But this ending, this shock ending, really saves the movie. Okay. Now, was that an intentional thing, though, where they kept the tone so nice and nostalgic and you're feeling like you're at camp and every all this stuff, but then, like... I, I didn't, I, I don't know, the pedophilia stuff. It's a weird movie to dedicate to your mom. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know, uh, a doer. A doer. But I guess, uh, yeah, the mom died during production, or he... Oh, I don't know. I didn't or, know. or she, I think I, she funded, uh, the yeah. director's mom funded, oh no, or he got like a insurance claim, something like that, where he was able to finish the movie or fund the movie but because the mom died and that's why he dedicated it to her and everything but this is a movie man i i just i appreciate it because it's someone who did what they wanted to they did they executed an ending which for, is for memorable little, for little money cult classic i mean this is it man 
I can I can go without the 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 pedophile weird creepy but stuff. But then once you get be- past the first like fifteen minutes of the movie, you're you're home free. Yeah. There is one scene though where one of the older boys says, "Let's go for a panty raid in the younger girls' cabin." Oh yeah. There's there's some weird sexual <laughs> shit. In yeah. Well, I mean, Revenge of the Nerds. But not any more so than all well, those yeah, other eighty slashers. Obvious I mean, rape yeah, scene. Yeah. And I, yeah, she's unconscious? No, she just thinks she's having sex with yeah, her boyfriend. Yeah, with her boyfriend. Oh, he, well, and she's then, drugged, right? No, she's no, perfectly no, no. there. He's oh. just in costume. And they pull oh, off his he, oh, mask yeah, he's, he's like, like yeah. it was me. He's in, uh, yeah, he straight up, yeah, he straight up raped her in a costume. Uh, yeah, Robert or, or Robert Carradine. I keep saying Robert Oral Jones instead of Robert hey. Earl Jones. Did this movie is Oral Redenbacher? This movie is fucked up my psyche. I'm a pervert now. We're all perverts now. I mean, okay, <laughs> you can speak for yourself. Yeah. Well, we all did just see a penis. What's that? that yeah. Does that make us all perverts then? So, well, no. I no. see one every time I take a piss. Well, you see that thing? Do can you guys not? I didn't say anything. <laughs> All right, let's give a rating out of five stars. Four. No, five, because it's a standard letterbox format. I give her four stars out of five. Oh, okay, cool. Eddie? Uh, like how much I love her or what I think it should deserve? No, um, how many inches was the penis at the end oh, of the Oh, two. <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, he had a lot of bush. There was probably four. Oh, dude, that motherfucker was... It was cold outside that day. Yeah, too. That's, well, that's actually true. Uh, yeah, I'd say four. Yeah. <sighs> okay. AJ's gonna give it a one and a half. Uh, one and a half. No, I was just trying to say, in terms. These of, scenes remind me of Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> if this movie wasn't so hackneyed and full of references to Friday the Thirteenth, I would have been giving it a five. But since it did, since it did, it's a one. No, seriously. In, in all seriousness. Uh, in terms of you know, m- my my taste in movies, this is also a solid four. Yeah, nice. This right, is nice. this is a heavy recommend. Anyone who's into cult horror, gags, practical effects, shock endings, eighties nostalgia, you gotta watch this as soon as possible. This was my pick. This was Eddie's pick. So next time we're getting another one. Of, or are we doing a classic next week? No, we gotta do Omar. No, Omar. Oh, (laughs) I mean, you're totally right, Eddie. Now, this movie, I would say also, if uh, if you find this, just blind buy it. Go ahead and buy it. You're not gonna have a bad time. Yeah, don't. You don't have to look hard for it. You don't have to go on Amazon specifically buy it. But if you're at a local store that just sells used movies, if you run across, you'll find some version. It's it's a it's a good purchase. Yeah. It's, it's not going to let you down. How about the sequels? I haven't seen any of the sequels, but I know Me and Eddie guys... had a little convo about that. I think 2 is fine. 2 is watchable. Yeah. Not uh, not nearly as good as this, but watchable. Uh, it's completely different, though. Angela is open, she's social, and she's it's more, a jokester. It's more of a horror comedy than a slasher. Same yeah. actress? Different. Different actress. Yeah, because it was only like a few years after this, so she... The girl play Angela still would have only been. And like then the third one is like half the budget of that one and just is garbage. And then they, yeah. And then they did the re- the return to Sleepaway Camp in like two thousand eight, and yeah. uh, that's not very good either. 
Um, so if there's a if there's a pack of them, is it the second one where she wears like a Jason mask? Yeah, with a Freddy with with Freddy, a Freddy Krueger glove and a chainsaw. And, yeah. Wow. Okay. She, yeah, yeah, she does like yeah. yeah. It gets really comedic. Like they tried to be Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, they tried to be no. They tried to be Texas Chainsaw too. Well, yeah, that's yeah. They tried to be the Texas Chainsaw series in a way. Yeah. So so just would you say just watch the first just one? Just watch the first if, one. If you're on like Vudu or Netflix and you see or it for or free, Amazon Prime and you see the other sequels for free, you know. Start watching them, skip through them, get to the kills, or get to whatever you think might be interesting. But, yeah, if you had to put money towards the first one, it's it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, folks, this has been Slob Cinema, the podcast where we talk about the obscure, the maligned, the forgotten, and just some badass movies. This is one of them. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Sleep awake and wanna be with you. Sleep awake and hope I don't die by your behind. Sleep awake and gonna say whatever we Thought we